Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, yo, it's me, Chaw, a.k.a. Instacrill, a.k.a. Young Krill Oil 3000. You're about to listen to a new episode of The Mitchin. You may notice that the dulcet sounds of my voice are missing from this episode and that's because it was recorded at the Dolphin Hotel past the time of 8.30pm so quite obviously I was at home asleep anyway, enjoy the episode peace it's the Mission Podcast hey what's up and welcome to the Mission we are a weekly food podcast coming out of Sydney my name is Andrew Levins regular co-host uh, is not here Mitch Orr has uh, he worked more than three hours today so he is he's, he's hit the spa he's, he's gone to bed and we won't see him for at least a week. But, uh, you know, our thoughts are with him in this, in this difficult time. He's had to work harder <laughs> than he's had to work. Seven-hour shift. <laughs> Instead of Mitch, we have an incredible calvary of, uh, of good fellas. We have returning guest to the Mitchin. This is his third Mitchin episode from Bell's Hot Chicken. We've got Morgan McGlone. Hey, guys. Welcome to back, my friend. Uh, we've got some first-timers here. We've got Monty Kolodrovich. Very professional. Did I get it in there? Did I nail you it? nailed it. You nailed yes. it. Uh, you may have eaten his food at uh, Icebergs. Uh, you may have heard iterations of his food at uh, the Dolphin Hotel, Harpoon Harry, various institutions across Sydney. Welcome Indeed. for the first time to the Good Mission. to be here. Good to be here, Ed. And then we have uh, two chefs who are currently residing in Hong Kong at Yardbird. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Chef we have, we have one chef. House. Front of house. We, we, we respect all positions in the restaurant here at the Mitchell. Every position. <laughs> uh, from Yardbird in Hong Kong, we have uh, head chef Matt Abagel and uh, Elliot Faber. Welcome yeah, the to the Mitchin. What up, boys? Director of beverages. <laughs> head chef of drinks. Yeah, number one ice cream speaker. <laughs> Can I have your number? <laughs> so uh, the Yardbird guys... Came to Harpoon Harry last night. You guys did like a pop up, and uh, you know Yardbird. I mean, wh- what is it? You guys do like a yakitori kind of style food. Yakitori, izakaya, heavy drinks, grilled chicken. That's it. So you guys are originally from Calgary in Canada. Yes, we are. How do you come to being a, a yakitori restaurant in Hong Kong from Calgary? That's like that. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, it doesn't make sense to me either. Uh, we, so I started cooking Japanese food fairly young, 19 in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and just moved on to New York, and years passed, and I was offered a job in, in Hong Kong, and I was the chef of a restaurant in Hong Kong, and then I had enough working for cunts, as you people say. <laughs> Does that, mean that, does that mean that you like them? No, you didn't like yeah, them. No, Matt and I had a long discussion today on how to describe that word yeah. as, as, as like inoffensively as possible. Yeah. <laughs> no, this, this was meant in the most offensive way possible. <laughs> I like the, the little pause before delivery. It Cause pulls... I'm, I'm still getting used to it. I'm still getting it. Like, to say the word cunts, cunts, <laughs> is, is, is tough. It's like, I grew up, my mother told me, never say the word cunt. In Canada, it's pretty much the worst word you can say. So it is probably the word we say second 
more often, like the mo- the second most often word we say. It's on like regazzi after it's Michin is like cunt. Hey, cunts. <laughs> and when we did Isn't our that more like figa. <laughs> when we did our live episode, someone from the audience who hadn't ever heard of us before, they just showed up on the night and and was like, "What's what's going on?" Called called us up for for saying cunt a lot. And uh, of all people, the classiest person we ever had on this podcast, Pat Nurse, who's the editor of uh, Gourmet it. Traveler, a real he, proper cunt. He, absolutely, uh, he 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 defended the use of the word, and, and it, it was perfect. Well, it, the Ricky Gervais School of Comedy, I think, defends any word in the na- in, in the right essence and delivered the right way. That's yeah. that's my that's my defense. I, I, I think. I, I, yeah, sorry. No, I, I think the the word of use of the word of cunt. Can be used in many tenses or many uh, the way you deliver it. It's a term of endearment. I know my father used to call me. You're a sick cunt. When you used to score a try on the football field, such a sick cunt, and you give me a meat pie after it. Is that is that the I birth mean, of the love of the meat pie? <laughs> the love of the word cunt, and then you'd be you'd have different other connotations of cunt, like hey he, hey you cunt. <laughs> Get over here, you little cunt. Or you could have the word like, you know, Levens. He's a sick cunt. That means it's a term of endearment. I mean, I think we need to let loose of the word cunt. Or a descriptive. Yeah. Or just a straight out. Or like this, Monty. Mate, what a mad cunt. <laughs> cunt can cook. So in case anyone hasn't realized, it's uh, it's pretty close to the end of the night here. It's like t- It's 10.30. <laughs> We've been uh, at the Dolphin all day, um, eating pizzas, drinking wine. Again, the uh, party. the Yardbird cunts. party. Cunts. <laughs> the Yardbird cunt party was at, uh, at Harpoon Harry yesterday. Room two hundred six, I think. <laughs> so we got we got halfway through your explanation of how someone from Calgary ends up in Hong Kong cooking yakitori. So after I worked with those fuckers. Uh, you can't say that word on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. That was also a term of endearment. Censor, censor, censor. Um, we, I, I just, I just, I, I love the city. I love, I love the place I was. I, I lived in in Chinatowns all over the, every place I lived. I lived in Chinatown, and uh, it was just, it felt right. Uh, so I had an, op- I had an opportunity. I had the right, right people behind me, and I found a great space, and I stayed. I opened Yarbird, and I called. Uh, the cunt to the left of me, who I've known since I was eight years old, and you know he's, he was a beverage professional, loosely, and uh, invited him just to come down to work to work together. And he was planning to stay for three months. And you can you can finish that story off. So Matt's idea was three months, and I said that's really cool. But I'm very busy in Calgary and Canada. It's a very happening place. There was a lot going on back he, in He's wearing a lot of Indian motorcycle jeans, and <laughs> he had a sick Mercedes 220CL on lease. A new lift. It was a fucking layaway for like 14 years. It that's, was sick. If you want to get into my credit history, that's another conversation for another time. I'm clean now, guys. But, I <laughs> but told you had him, it. You had it, though. <laughs> I told him I'd come for three months, and uh, then he could fly me out on occasion to train the staff. And I would, you know, graciously come and spend time in his restaurant. But he said, number one, I would never fly you out to do anything. <laughs> number, number two, you you're going to love it here. Yeah, you cunt. But number two, I'm gonna, you're going to love it here. And you're not going to want to leave. And I said, you know, that's really flattering, but I got a lot going on. And, uh, and fuck then, all going on. So, so he said, you know, so he said, we'll revisit it after three months. And then. There was this day on a staircase that I love to reflect back on because it didn't quite go as planned. I don't think I met up to uh, met up to Matt's expectations, and I also, you know, he wasn't quite the guy that I was expecting him to be. And then uh, in the end, we looked at each other one more time and said, "We'll try once more." And if it basically, doesn't work, I almost fired him three times within he, three he, months. But actually, he says I cried, and I didn't cry. He I'm cried. not a crier, believe it or not. I'm sensitive, but I'm Teary not a crier. Cunt. Wet cunt. I'm not. I'm a, I'm a pretty dry cunt, honestly. Oh, he said it. Humor, all the way to whatever else. I'm pretty dry. And uh, so is that is podcast can we over say now that? that That's said okay to cunt? say, I'm but fuckers sure. is not. Uh, so after three months, I asked for three more. And then by January of 2012, I went back to Canada. I sold that Mercedes 
and uh, my I brother sold, sold his Mercedes. I sold the key that I sold my house uh, back to its developers. Side note: We're Jew cunts. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I got zero profit, which was okay Woo! at the time, and. Uh, that was it. I went to Toronto, saw my parents, told them I was moving to Hong Kong, and I haven't looked back since. That's it. He also married a woman way above his pay grade. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Smarter than me. <laughs> and way, way, way better looking. Way. way better looking than me. Remind me not to let Matt tell me to tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need that commentary. <laughs> Matt Abigail's narration is not cool. <laughs> but it's the best choices I ever made in my life, and I'm very happy to, uh, to have been in Hong Kong, and thanks to Matt. I mean, and honestly, be it's here. been a crazy few years, and, and without being, you know, I'm a bit sensitive of a guy, but I owe everything to him just convincing me to want to be here. And, and honestly, there's no, nothing about it. It's just it's the way it is. It's what happens. I mean, look... I'll be honest, and, I, and I'm, I'm pretty. Um, I've had a few drinks, um, but the thing is, this as the restaurants are in the world. In this world, is like you go and eat restaurants. I don't think there's a better restaurant that makes you feel better, or makes you feel, you know, satisfied. Or after you leave, the staff are fucking really cool. Like every staff member in this fucking restaurant is really cool. Yardbird. And at the, end of the, at the end of every meal you go there, it's just like you, you always feel satisfied, like your hunger's satisfied. You're always really loose. I don't know how even, you know, how I even live there without... Loose cunts. <laughs> All your but customers, loose cunts. <laughs> it's just a fucking... It's like, for me, it's the epitome of a good time. But you have incredible food and you have incredible, like, beverage service and... The service you get, I mean, it's it's just really really cool. So, there should be a yard bird in every fucking city. If I mean, I don't know if he's looking for investors, but if you if you got some money, yard bird Sydney, motherfuckers get on it. Nobody listening to this podcast has any money, unfortunately. Yard bird Sydney. <laughs> so Matt, like, what's the ethos behind? Yarbur, like, are there yakitori restaurants already existing in Hong Kong? And what, like, how do, how do you come to cook Japanese style food in Hong Kong? That's what I really want to know. I think that, I mean, chicken is chicken is our focus. So chicken is everything that we we rely on. Uh, Hong Kong chicken is real special. Hong Kong is it's the best chicken in the world. You know, we our chickens are are killed in the morning, two hours before they're delivered to our restaurant. It, it's a uh, it's just like it's a really close close to home process you know like we don't we don't claim a lot of shit like I mean, there's no no farm to table bullshit like we we don't put anything on the menu the menu the menu is very simple it's, it's it's just like it is what it is but the product that we're serving the product that we actually we have is is a very honest thing you know and i think that at the end of the day is what brings a lot of people close to us is that uh, if you can't tell by the way I'm speaking to all you cunts, <laughs> that I'm an honest person. Uh, I, I and we, we just we just we cook like real simple things, and we don't we don't put a lot we don't put a lot of extraneous things into it. And the you know the birds are are used in their entirety, and every day we start anew. You know, like the, our kitchen's about a hundred square feet, like it's fucking tiny, just like an apartment. And we just work we just work off what we have, and you know the booze. Which was what Elliot's in charge of. And he's got he's got a relationship with every person that we're serving from, even to these you know giant multinational corporations like Suntory. Or, like we're working with these guys, but like it's still personal. You know, like there's a, still a personal connection to what we do, and that's kind of what it comes down to. And that's how I've been fortunate enough to meet people like Morgie and you know it's, it's have these connections and just like we, we've we've it, it's a really uh, it's, it's a really amazing amazing thing that what we've had is. There's a lot of luck, and, it, and, it's, and it's a great community of people. So last night, like, the standout dishes for me, there was a, uh, I guess it was like a meatball on a stick that you got with, like, an egg in, in soy. <laughs> in, in soy I love it. It's like the most classic yakitori dish, and it's like, yeah. hey, you guys are doing, like, a meatball with an egg? <laughs> so when, I, when I, I started getting really interested in yakitori, and, like, when I was, when I was working in New York, and one of the things that... I had uh, I had all these Japanese books that I would get translated, and one of the things like 
what defines what defines a, a yakitori restaurant is is their meatball on a stick. It's called tsukune. And for us, it was like, it took us about three months to figure out a recipe that worked for us, like that, that really like could get us to where we wanted to be. And it is funny because it's like, it is the most, every yakitori restaurant in the world has a meatball on a stick. It has a tsukune. And it was, so that recipe, though, is just like what we, what defines us to an extent, you know, like sure. it, was, it really is what defines us. So yeah, every the chickens are just you know it's all about the chicken at the end of the day. Like we, our chickens are what define us in in Hong Kong. So it fucking defines them, Monty. All right, fucking defines us, you Monty. Stupid cunt, mate. I just like chicken cunt. That the yakitori definition, and then it's like my favorite dish last night was when you guys did the meatball and the egg. <laughs> I love your pizza. That's so good. <laughs> the way you put I, I the tomato sauce and the bread that was flat and you put cheese on it, it was fucking genius. All time. Don't, don't steal that name. It, don't steal that name. I don't name. know how you did it. You dude. can't use that name, pizza. That's <laughs> you created pizza. That that new that new oven you made, how'd you put fire inside of it? And we wood. just got a box and we, then we put the fire in it. <laughs> Your wood box? Ingenious. I also really enjoyed the katsu sandwich. I feel uh, self-conscious saying things that I like now. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I actually am um, like because of Kunti Kolodrovich. <laughs> <laughs> I like purple. Shout out to my wife. She'll like that name. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that uh, it's, it's rare that, you know, we have in Sydney, you can get places where they do katsu sandwiches, which are inevitably just like, you, you know. Tokyo bird. <laughs> fuck them. Shots fucking Cunts. fired. Cunts. Logo stealers. <laughs> hey, soon you'll be able to find that uh, katsu sandwich here at the Dolphin Hotel wine room. Starting leftovers. <laughs> but uh, you know, like the for a lot of people, like katsu sandwich will just be like this, like you know, like, like it'll be exactly it'll be like you know, like either anything po- crumbed in bread to like you know, like oh, in, you know, we'll do a schnitzel, but we'll use yeah. panko crumbs instead of breadcrumbs. But Can I just like I want to give you guys a definition of the fucking katsu sandwich, guys. Please, please. These motherfuckers take fresh, fresh, <laughs> take fresh white bread, and I, I've never seen. I thought panko crumbs like my boy Steve. Shout out to Steve. Steve, Steve. panko crumbs, fifteen kilos of panko crumbs. They came dried, and, and Matt looked at me like, "You're a fucking muppet." We use fresh panko. It's a very large muppet. <laughs> he goes. He goes we use fresh, we use fresh panko crumbs, and then, you know, you you mince the. I mean, I think I got the wrong dish, but I'll let you guys get on. But katsu sandwich is very good. I, I really thought this is gonna take a while. This is gonna go somewhere important. Shout out to Steve. I was like, nobody knows chicken more than Morgie. He's yeah. got this. I wasn't there for the preparations. I was only there for the finishing. Um, yeah, but it was it was I I, I had Trisha. I'm sorry, but I had three. <laughs> I have four. I have four katsu sandwiches <laughs> yesterday. So. Three sandwiches. They're fucking so good. So the bulldog sauce, the, the, the sauce, like it's a real, it's a real intricate recipe. So basically, we take bottled bulldog sauce and combine that with fifty percent bottled sriracha sauce. And every, two things that I invented, guys. Yeah, for everyone, I invented both those things. Bulldog sauce is uh, is, is is bulldog cum. <laughs> oh, wow. That's okay to say. Eleven's well, just took it to a new level. Matt, new bulldog jizz. He's a sick cunt. That that is sick cunt language. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Baird while we're at it. What is Monty's wife? What is bulldog? What is bulldog sauce? What goes in bulldog sauce? So tonkatsu sauce is like a Japanese. Yeah, okay. H- All right, I know what tonkatsu sauce is. <laughs> you said well, bulldog. Well, bulldog, well, bulldog sauce is tonkatsu sauce. Right. It's like the Which Heinz. Is, it's like the Heinz of. It's HP sauce. Tonkatsu. Is essentially what it is. So it well, the brand of, is bulldog, isn't it? The, the brand is bulldog, and and it's like an HP sauce. So it's uh, generally made with. Apples, um, tomatoes, tomatoes, soy sauce, mirin, all kinds of things like 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 an HP sauce, and it really does operate under a Worcester kind of feeling. It's Worcester. 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 Why? What? Worcestershire, Not Why anymore. Put some body in Worcestershire, though. Don't fucking throw your Commonwealth <laughs> at me, man. 
You're from the fucking Commonwealth, mate. Respect. Forty-three percent tax represent. <laughs> Let's talk about that chicken, though, because so often you'll I'll have a katsu sandwich and it will just be like a piece of fried chicken, a piece of fried pork. It's not delicious. It's not fatty. It's not. It doesn't burst when you bite into it. Whereas one I the, the four katsu sandwiches I ate from you last night, absolutely like you know there is this incredible fattiness to it. There's an incredible onion flavor throughout the meat. What do you do to achieve that? Very simple, everybody. Listen up. Get your pens. I'm gonna teach you how to make a katsu sandwich right hey, now. Shout out to my boys. Take notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on next week. <laughs> so whole whole thighs uh, and bulldog with, thighs. Bulldogs only the only the finest English bulldog thighs. So I think we can use some. I'm from greyhounds. China, son. <laughs> I'm from China. We, we got some greyhounds laying around. If we can use them, too lean, Monty. Stop too being, fucking stop lean. Stop being topical, Monty. <laughs> so seriously, though, can we use greyhound? <laughs> <laughs> Slightly lean, but so, uh, slight lean cunts. I think oh. we call them lean Mate. cunts. These dogs are lean. <laughs> Never trust lean cunts. Uh, so he's whole whole thighs. The the real the, the the biggest thing is is all the skin and all the connected tissue. So uh, all, you keep all the kneecaps and and all the things that uh, common cunts throw away. Uh, we we keep them in there. We freeze them for about twenty minutes, half an hour, and then double grind them. Right. And then we chop white onions and wash the shit out of them until they're clean. And then squeeze them until they're real dry. Uh, and just run them through. And then just fresh breadcrumbs. That's it. Salt, pepper. Real simple. And then the, the real important thing is the fresh breadcrumbs. Uh, which is like, just take fresh white bread. I'm going to say it right here, right now. Shitty white bread. 7-Eleven, Safeway, Costco, IGA. Uh, shout out to all the shitty places in the world. Uh, bread, and you throw it in the Robocoop, keep it coarse, and and you go flour, egg, bread, and that's it. That's it. 70 grams. So it's loads of shit, crumbed in shit. Tastes fucking amazing. That's like our meat pie. AKA pizza! <laughs> yeah, that was that was like... There were a lot of standouts last night. I know it must be like difficult, and you, uh, you know, you should talk on it too. But like, it must be difficult going from one kitchen to another one in another country, you know, that you're not used to, and, and trying to cook your signature dishes there. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not the most prepared person in the world. I think that, um, you know, we come we come to do this to enjoy life and 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 to just you know like, it's amazing. You know, there's there's not a lot of people that. Are as lucky as we are to we get to just go across the world and do this, you know, like you know, and, and find all these connections with people that just don't we never knew existed, you know, like for you, Senor Senor Elevens, uh, shout out to PDMs, Mike Grimes, Canada Crew. Honestly, Levin's music is on point. It made me feel so at home. I was, I know it's your show, but we could talk about you too. It was really good. It made me feel happy. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. Eleven's is, is essentially like a fucking Canadian. <laughs> Honorary. You take that back right now, you can't. <laughs> he's, he's like a rosy cheeked. He's, he's a rosy cheeked fucking cunty Canadian. Uh, you also have the softest Australian accent I've ever heard. Yeah. Oh, really? Honestly. It's kind of Ponzi, actually. Ponzi. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, mate. <laughs> Levens is a cool cunt. <laughs> but uh, no, I man. Honestly, like at the end of the day, there's I'm, we're so blessed. Like we're fuck, we're so lucky to have like the opportunity to come here and just fucking hang out with our friends, to meet people that like we'll be friends with forever. And that's the funny thing about being a chef is like you could you go your whole life without liking very many fucking people. And now suddenly we kind of come into our own, and you meet people like, oh, like man, I feel like I've known you my whole life. Or you know, we just we just have an opportunity to hang out with with people that have everything in common with us, and it just it just travels over borders, and yeah, so it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm super blessed. 
like Seinfeld insert. Remember when Jerry's like, once you're an adult, you can't make friends. <laughs> I fucking hate everybody. Chefs defy. <laughs> so you're a cunt. <laughs> a big part of, uh, of Harper and Harry and Icebergs, you know, whenever you guys have a, have a public holiday, indeed Dolphin, Dolphin Today, it's collaboration. You know, you, you guys are so open to just, you know, opening your kitchen up, inviting people that haven't been in there before, be they from other places in Sydney that you love or places around the world that you enjoy. Like, what inspires you to get someone that you're a fan of to, to come here and cook with you? I mean, I'll go first. I mean, I mean, this guy, he cooked for me when I had my Bucks party and I had a very tame time. Tell me about that. But we <laughs> there were no girls there. Details. <laughs> we met, we met um, two years ago at the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival because of Joe Moody. Love you, Joe Moody. Um, we, we, we had a really... We, that year, actually, it was a cool, cool time to be a part of a festival because we had a really cool crew of people. We had, like, Jeremy Charles from... Um, um, what's that? What's it from? Newfoundland. Newfoundland, New, 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 New New yeah. Newfoundland. Newfie. <laughs> Newfoundland and then um, Kuman, so Mia Bolin with Simon Rogan. We had a really we had a bit of a ragtag bunch, but um, Bissonette, Jamie Bissonette. Shout out to Jamie Bissonette, Victor Leon. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like these festivals, they breed, they bring chefs together, and every chef that sort of comes to these festivals at our age has their own restaurant, has their own issues, has their own staffing problems, has their own fucking financial problems. We don't know how to manage money. We're fucking pretty stupid. But we all come together and we sort of create... Sick cunts. Sick cunts. And we, we, all, we, all, we, all, we all create this like sort of like band of brothers who help each other out. And we do it because we want to see each other achieve and be successful. All us pirates are after the same gold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Caribbean gold. <laughs> and um, I think that's... Dark gold. The, the I like cool dark gold. The thing about is like... Inviting people like Matt and Elliot. I love gold. <laughs> gold. <laughs> Inviting Matt and Elliot. Jew gold. Are we getting paid for this? <laughs> Have we get paid for the Mitchin though? Is that <laughs> dark gold. <laughs> he said Jew gold. Crazy coconut gold. motherfucker. <laughs> dark gold. <laughs> anyway, we, we, we get to the greatest thing about the work we do with Harry's and, and, and icebergs and, and, and the people we work with is that we're allowed to invite our friends to come and do fucking cool collaborations. We invite them out. They have a cool time. And yeah, for that service time, it's fucking crazy. But like, after it, we get to talk about the next time we're going to have these sort of events, you know. And then tonight, Monty did a fucking cool event with Mitch. And uh, Monty, I'll let you take care of that. So I think the, the, the actual nuts of it, though, like hearing about the meatball, we just did a meatball for the Bar Americano pop-up. Yeah, we get you're, it, you're gonna change. The, you're gonna change the recipe, aren't you? You hate. No, no, <laughs> we get it. You hate meatballs. But no, how good's this? So I had an idea for a meatball, but I was potentially a bit ripped on the day the meatballs yeah, were going down. Get so, this, guys! It's a meat triangle. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So the meatballs went ahead without me, and now potentially the best polpetti Italian meatball that you've ever tried. And really, like the the idea that one of my boys just cranked out the best meatball that anyone's ever tried. From a fucking Italian standpoint, when I was just hungover and useless, is it really the essence of why pop-ups and collabs happen? It's because Matt's not going to come and work in my kitchen, and I'm probably not going to come work in his kitchen. So what's the outcome? How do you? How can you go and work with cunts? Like you've got your cunts, and they do really sick stuff. And if you, like, if you if you're not awake to the sick stuff that your own cunts do, then you're missing out wholesale anyway. But all of our people do so much cool shit, and really that's like all we're doing. We just look, we all rock up, we were in the same room, and we all just start cooking and like finding shit and doing stuff. And then the process of doing that with other people that don't fit in your crew and vice versa is to just collab. And more, more often than not, it makes no money for anyone, and it, it doesn't get you closer to the gold, but it fills in the whole rest of it, doesn't it? Cunt Awareness 2016. Yeah. Paul Petty. <laughs> That's it. Hashtag Paul Petty. <laughs> but I mean, you guys have both been, I mean, I'm sure everyone here has been flown somewhere to collaborate with someone, you know, like that. there is always that promise of, of money when you go to collaborate with, 
with certain places. Has it ever been places? Which you then spend just on doing shit. Sure. <laughs> I didn't even know I was getting any money until yesterday. No, you're not. <laughs> You've already spent your per diem. That's it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. And you want to come right down? These aren't real time, I guess. You want to come right now? I'll give you some money. <laughs> I think if you make a little bit of money from your friends or your... your like we have a... We, at Harry, we have a really cool we have a really cool deal for chefs. We give them we fly them out. We fly out an assistant, put them up in the hotel at Hop Hop in Harry, like the Hotel Harry. We give them a little per diem, and that should be cool. But if you, if I'm doing a fucking dinner with Suzuki, I want to get paid, motherfuckers. I want to get paid. If I'm doing something with KFC. I want to get paid. But amongst friends, it should be just like yeah, cover my shit, cover my hookers, cover my blow. And then everything's cool. You're not even close to, close to covering my blow. All <laughs> <laughs> your hookers. Yeah. Yeah. Easy, Monty. Easy, Monty. Yeah, th- these are all fishing terms you guys are talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah fishing. <laughs> Line to the sinker. Yeah. Yeah. Blowfish. We're talking about fugu here. Blowfish. <laughs> but I mean, I, I want to talk about the, uh, that idea of collaboration. Like, have you guys ever been put in positions where, like, you know, you've been suggested to collaborate with another chef, another restaurant, another company? And it hasn't worked. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. <clears throat> I was um, once flown to do fried chicken somewhere. I'm not going to name this person, but anything. I was using Pig Latin. <laughs> but the thing was, I was like, I turned up, I asked for a certain cut of chicken, asked for a certain t- style of chicken. I turn up, it's not the same chicken. The chicken was frozen. It was for like Omnivore in Paris. And whoa, 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 you said you were going to say shit, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, I'm so just saying. Rewind, rewind. Saying the Omnivore in Paris, like, I've, I've done these things where people say, like, you said, oh, please send us your list of requirements two weeks before you do the thing. So green we cannot M&Ms. deliver them. Green motherfucking M&Ms, that's it. So, like, thank God for fucking... Fabian Van Husk, shout out to Fabian Van Husk for helping me go and fucking forage chicory and dandelion from Pierre Lachat's cemetery. Because <laughs> I honestly, I was doing these dishes. Is that the 11th secret herb and spice? Ah, dandelion and chicory. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, Dry it out. When I think about Bell's Hot Chicken, I think about forest chicory and dandelions. <laughs> we forage it with the smallest of the Nepalese hands. Morgie, don't worry. That's a small cunt mines right there. <laughs> but honestly, like, I don't, I don't fall for those trapdoors anymore. I don't fall for those trapdoors anymore. I, I only do collaboration with people that I know, so it's like, it's fine. I, w- I, went, to, day, I went to a pop-up and I had Benito Flakes on the list. This is in a major capital city of Australia. The guy goes, oh, we couldn't get it. <laughs> Name names. Which capital city? ACT. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
It wasn't. It wasn't Sydney, and it wasn't Brisbane. It starts with an M. And we've only Ends got with three. <laughs> but I mean, have you, you know, as someone that has collaborated with a lot of people in your own kitchen, you know, for the most part, I'm sure it's pretty successful. You guys, you know, you you, you choose people that you think are on the same level as you, and for the most part, they are. Are there any cases of you getting it wrong? Or? Well, the. To start at the really top end, we had um, Alexandre from Sakwana come to Bacas years ago, and he was like, that was a fly collab, because he was like a really cool dude, and he really, the hardest thing is to bring your food or your restaurant or your people to the other place, like, you can't come here and find lichen from the underside of a rock in Switzerland, so don't do that dish, you know. Whereas Alexandre came and he did his little fritter and he did his like six sorbet and he did his fucking cool middle course and it was like, it was really cool. And then we're like, we brought Morgie into the, to the icebergs and you'd probably have to ask Morgie, but to build a chicken shop inside the icebergs on a Sunday in December. Cook for fucking Kimmy K. <laughs> I remember that. that was actually the first time that, uh, that Bell's Hot Chicken came to, came to Sydney. Because I mean that, that, that's that's interesting to me. Like you know, when when you bring something that's beloved in a certain place because they've been able to craft the kitchen and the space that they need exactly to their terms. And I'm sure you guys have had similar things. Like you know, you Yardbird brought you know you made sure there was a charcoal grill that you could cook all the yakitori on. Have you ever been put in a position where you don't have the resources and you have to like you know compromise the product you send out? Yeah, I mean. That, that happens I haven't done that many of these things but the ones I have done everyone's a challenge every single one my dumb like, cunt if they don't have a fucking charcoal box yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's I why I think that's why you always fly somebody out after you yeah, so yeah. they can always bring, bring the things bring that you shit. forgot to so bring. I'll, put, I'll put one out there real quick we did, we did a, a New York the New York Food and Wine Festival and we were put into this spot my, my, my issue is that I'm not really good at reconnaissance. I'm not very organized. I'm not very smart. But we went to the spot, and they told us we're grilling outside. All right, cool. Of course, yeah, no, they, don't have, they didn't want us to smoke at their restaurant. Cool. They put us outside, and it was on a fucking volleyball court. And all right, cool. No problem. Right? We set it up. It starts raining. All right, fine. Fucking, we're, we're cooking on the volleyball court. It starts raining. Understandable. You can't control the weather. And then a fucking volleyball tournament comes out. <laughs> they had a full vol. I, I had to have one person stopping balls from hitting me in the face while I'm trying to grill yakitori for fucking 75 people. So, yeah, every single time. Every single time you go out of your restaurant, it's a challenge. But, it, like... This is what we do it for. I mean, we we like to take chan- we like we like to get our asses fucking handed to us. We like to just take challenges and and go with them. And, and we have no problem. Like, that's what we do. That's exactly why we do what we do. We like we like a challenge. That's it. Sure. I mean, I think we do it because we love hanging out with our friends, but also too, we love to pass our pass what we do to other you know other parts of the world. I mean. It was an easy thing when I invited Matt to do something at Harry, and thank fuck he brought Elliot because someone had to do all the work for the for the drinks. You know what I mean? I mean, bringing Elliot into the mix just gives another emphasis of the professionality of these what these guys try to achieve. So I think it, every every sort of pop up, every sort of like collaboration, it's always different. It's always different element. I think. Collabs are sick. Collabs are important. Collabs are great. I think you you obviously collab with people who have the same mentality and same like um, outlook on what they want to achieve. Everything that they these guys do, like say we're inviting Yardbird or inviting Noma or whoever to a collab, they have to understand that like yeah, for sure. Seven years ago, Renee Redzepi would have done a fucking collab with us. Now it's a little bit impossible for Rene Rezepi to do a collab. He's a busy cunt, I reckon. He's, a, he's very busy. He's a busy cunt. <laughs> busy C. But someone like these, I mean, the Yardbird guys have the same mentality as us. 
really young and progressive brand, they see the importance and the you know the benefit of us doing collab together, but also to just hanging out with our fucking mates. You know what I mean? Like cooking cool food. I learned some shit last night. I learned like better to put yakitori on a separate ticket. One ticket. Yakitori. One ticket. <laughs> One ticket. No one listens. And I learned, I, I, every time I do these things, and the reason why we do the fucking hashtag Friends of Harry's is because every time I. This is uh, it benefits me and it benefits the business and it benefits Harper and Harry's, but also benefits in my sense. I, I also see like okay, I won't do that next time. I will do this next time. I'll definitely call Monty to do something because this motherfucker brings it every time. Best fucking meatballs. <clears throat> Best meatballs. Paul Petty, man. Hashtag Monty's balls. <laughs> Let's talk about yakitori because, I mean, you know, chicken is everyone's favorite food no matter where you live in the world. Yakitori very much uses every part of the bird. You know, like last night, I, uh, I was DJing at the Yardbird pop-up and uh, I put my order in, but you guys were getting smashed. And uh, so things started tricking out to me and I feel like they just kind of sent me as many of what they could at the time. I would have gotten sent probably three heart skewers and six liver skewers. The actual problem was your fucking name is DJ Elevens, and everyone keeps on sending <laughs> Table Elevens. So that's your fucking problem. So Table Elevens sitting there just with like... DJ name if you want to get food sent to the fuck... Table Elevens! Why do they keep on saying... No, that's... So Table Eleven has the coxcomb... And the fucking yeah. hen house. Well, that, last night, last night we, we kept it pretty limited because of the the quantity. But what we do, I mean, yeah, like the beautiful thing about about yakitori is is that it it actually engages people in what a whole animal can be. Mm-hmm. Like, a pig is massive, you know. A pig is two hundred and fifty kilos. It's it's really just a, it's a giant animal, and and getting into every part of a pig is is a difficult thing. But to get into a 1.6 kilo chicken, it doesn't take very long, you know. So, you know, we, we do about 50 whole chickens a day in Yardbird in, in Hong Kong, and that only gives you 40 skewers, you know, 50 skewers of a certain thing. You know, that's that's only 12 or 15 hearts. That's only a certain amount of livers. You know, it's it's a very it's a very limited thing, and I think that that connection and and the interesting thing cross culturally, like you said, everybody loves chicken. Mm. Cross culturally, that's your not only is, is that your everyday food, but that's your celebrational food. You know, like as as a Hebrew, the faith, as a person of, of Happy New Year, by the way. Uh, thank you very much, Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Respect. Um, when's when's New Year? We we eat it. When's you know, New Year? Uh, sometime yes, over the last yesterday. few days. Yesterday. So. No, no, no. It's, Shana, it's, it's, it's Rosh Hashanah today. Rosh Hashanah, motherfuckers. Exactly. Rosh Hashanah. It was cool when I did it. Yeah. Yeah. No, Lev, you nailed it. You absolutely yeah. nailed it. Because uh, it was about an hour in and you were just like, oh, by the way, these cunts didn't say anything. But <laughs> Happy New Year. Like. So, but you know, like, we, it's something you would eat every day of the week, but then it's also something you eat on a special occasion. And I think it's... As as, as Morgi can you know, you know he, he can confide in is every man's food like this is that that's that is why we why we focused you know that's that's why we chose that that ingredient it was because that's the kind of people that we want to be involved with everybody and it wasn't about something special I'm not trying to do there's no foie gras no fucking caviar none of that shit it's 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 about something that you can connect with them easily every day of the week. And it goes like that, and in in Japan, like that's not something special. It's nothing special. Like, there's literally thousands of yakitori restaurants, mm. and and specialists. You know, that's the thing. Is like we we wanted to become. I wanted to become a specialist. All I wanted ever to do was was specialize in something, and that, and and chicken was what I wanted to specialize. They specialize in. good, don't they? Those fucking guys, those cunts, <laughs> they specialize nice. Sixty years nice. 60 years nice. <laughs> so it's one of the few places that I've ever had, uh, also the only place that I've had raw chicken. And raw chicken, like for those who haven't had a chicken sashimi is better than, like texturally, I think it's better than, than fish sashimi. I think that it's different. 
Uh, Elevens, I respect your opinion. Yeah, I, I would have loved to have produced as a music professional. <laughs> I wish uh, I pronounced the shimmy. You, well, you pronounce it real good. Shishim and yeah. the shashimi. Uh, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> nailed it, like my son nails it. <laughs> Can we get a sushimi, David? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know. I, I, I when I first went to Japan, I, everyone was like, "Oh, you know, you can eat raw chicken." Blah blah blah. That, that's a cultural. I mean, that, that's a cultural thing. Is like North America, Europe. With the, when salmonella hit, like it's a blanket statement. That's all it is. Like salmonella is created, generally speaking, on the outside of a fucking eggshell, and and nine times out of ten, it doesn't happen in. There's, there's never it does never happen inside of the the actual flesh of the chicken. It's on the outside, and it's mostly from the killing practices of commercial, you know, commercial products like these which giant are, which abattoirs. We're not good at here. To be fair, yeah, I mean, government-controlled giant abattoirs that fucking just kill thousands of chickens a day. Yeah, uh, it's like if you banged a hundred birds a day, you'd probably get an STD, and that is that is what salmonella is at the end of the day. But if you're hand killing and you're controlling day to day what you're what you're dealing with, it's the same as fish. It's the same thing. It's like that animal is yeah. it's alive and it's it's beautiful and there's there's there's. It's the same with a lot of deaths attributed to food, though. Yeah. If if the if the stuff that's inside the gut past the stomach comes into contact with the meat, shit's fucking. But that's just some dumb cunt, up. fucking. You know, you know, cutting cutting it in in a in a horrible, probably working conditions. If people if people focus less on salmonella and more on the working conditions of an abattoir, we'd or be eating raw chicken every goddamn chicken? day. Or the living condition of a chicken. And so to that... They go I mean, hand in hand, though, don't they? If absolutely. You, if you've got a million chickens, you can't kill them nicely in a way that would actually allow you to have a million chickens the way they grow. The beautiful, the, the beautiful thing about Hong Kong is that, you know, the culture is, is based on a day-to-day uh, shopping and cooking experience. The closer you are to death uh, of the animal, the, the more fresh it is and the more valuable it is. So... Of course, you want to get the highest price for your animal, and so our chickens are killed every single morning, just like the pigs are killed every morning, just like the even the cows are killed every day, and that is something that propagates, you know, the way that we consume in Hong Kong, whereas here or in, in America or in Canada or wherever we are, you know. The government controls all these fucking abattoirs that says, "Oh, you can only kill on a Tuesday," and and then they just—it's it's just fucked. But it's also because of the size of the of the landmass. Like, you, yeah, you wouldn't need to have a big abattoir in Hong Kong in the same way that you would need to have a big one in Central Australia, Canada, America. Mm. Monty. You're handsome and wonderful, wonderful <laughs> but man. Wrong. But I'm gonna fucking disagree with you. There's eight million people that live on a 2.2 kilo- like mile landmass. If you, if in a place like Sydney or Melbourne or Canada, wherever, if people, if if they would regulate it so you could kill animals daily, that wouldn't be a problem. But it, they're not all grown on that landmass. That is true. So. The fact that we have to grow elsewhere, the fact we have to grow elsewhere and then ship... But you don't grow elsewhere, we grow elsewhere. No, no, whatever the... It doesn't matter where the people are. If the people are dense, you can't grow where you kill. So, it, like, really it's easier to travel live animals and kill them, but not everywhere is the market to sell where you can kill, which is what we experience here. So... You couldn't really travel animals to our local Sydney markets and kill there because the, the, the population is not dense enough to make that a viable thing. So what we do is we grow big and then we centralise killing and then we distribute. It's, it's a more dangerous but economically easier system for us to wrap our heads around. Absolutely. I mean, they, we, we, pay, we pay per kilo... Uh, a live killed chicken in Hong Kong the same as I can get from France. I can import a frozen chicken from France all the way to China, to Hong Kong, for the exact same price. So you're right. I mean, it's, it's not the most economical way, but when something becomes a, a cultural 
ideal when something when something that you know you you the general population deals with on a daily basis like well I'm not saying it's not ideal no no you're it's, right though. it's you're absolutely right. ideal but the, the, what's not ideal is that we live in cities and we live in cities because that's how we live not because the country or the or the landscape dictate, dictates it we live in cities because we go oh well it's like sick to live in an urban environment but it's actually a pretty shit way to produce and kill and consume food it's like if if everyone spread out a bit then the system that you're talking about would actually be the most economical and the most user-friendly and the most like farmer-friendly system that we could have it's like the Every sustainability question comes down to like living in cities. Wow. So, you know, we started this episode talking about cunt, just saying cunt <laughs> like relentlessly, and then you end up getting one of the most incredible facts you ever gotten from this podcast. So I was, I was catching up because I got told I was the worst ever guest. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, fuck, I've got to turn this shit around ASAP. <laughs> So, do you guys have you have you offered or or ever offered a, a raw chicken dish at Yardbird? Uh, no, we don't. We don't do it based on a few th- like principles, almost because I don't want raw chicken to become um, a point of like gimmicky kind of situation. Sure, I totally get that. I've had one dish at one place in Kyoto, a yakitori restaurant, and it was like life changing incredible i couldn't I, I, I was taken aback by how amazing it was i never expected raw chicken to taste as good as that did and the thing is like the the, the biggest difference between the way we run a yakitori restaurant and the way a yakitori restaurant runs in japan is we're we're a 55 seat restaurant most yakitori restaurants in japan are 20 yeah exactly 20 seats maybe so but Max. when you talk about raw chicken are you talking about like grilled but raw in the middle no no straight up raw chicken so uh, is, it, is it, that a is that a yakitori yeah. thing to do that's a that's a japanese thing i think mean, you you often well, it's not you like often, a yakitori no it's but the thing is yakitori restaurants are generally specialized in chicken so you would not eat raw chicken outside of a specialized restaurant yeah so you eat raw liver gizzard heart uh, breast thigh whatever you eat the shit you trust from the place that you know does it good. That's the thing is like, again, it just go, it just goes back to the people that are killing your chickens. You know, like it, it, it just like who who's killing them? How are they regulated? What's happening there? And and what's the frequency? Like, but it goes back to you wanting to specialize as well in sticks and fire and 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 the whole body philosophy and. But I mean, Japanese Japanese cuisine in general is is a specialized cuisine, like. That you go to a restaurant in Japan, it's like, oh, you only serve buckwheat noodles. You only serve wheat noodles. This motherfucker only serves, you know, like, like, like every single thing, every place is, is, is specialized. And it's like a, you know, country of 300 million people. It's not, and, and that's just the way it works. When we talk about specializing, two weeks ago I had knee bones. I've never had knee bones or esophagus or ventricles. We're talking about the use of the chicken in the whole entirety. So, like, when you get a yakitori of knee bones, I was just like, man, I'm... I'm so, but whole, whole animal for loads of people is just, yeah. like, don't put it in the bin. Yeah. It's not, like, cut it down to, like, oh, knee bone spaghetti or, like, it's really... Japan is just, like... But that's the thing. It's, like, we... Honestly, like, it's funny. So, I where I used to work is, like, we... In New York, I work for Masa, who is a specialized sushi restaurant. And he would talk about, it like, Thomas Keller was next door. He was, per se, next door. And he, and we, it was a conversation. It was always, like, like, why do we do... Like, it's actually because we're fucking lazy. Like, I don't want to... Like, no one... No one Japanese food is, is of, of the moment. It's like, we're not waiting 72 hours or five weeks or, or whatever it is. We deal with it right then and there. And you get it over with, and like next day you just start again, and that's the thing is like we we start every single day fresh. And that's all like, old school cooking, though, isn't it? Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, you're like if you, you look at your cuisine, like you know Italian food, like you guys are aging and you know like beautiful charcuterie, like the mortadellas and like whatever, like all those things, like all the the, the prosciuttos. That's a beautiful thing. They've got they've they've got their versions of uh, cheese. They've got tofu. There's 
there's stuff going on that requires time. Absolutely, but it's not. I think like it, it's a it's a little bit of it, it's it's a, it's more immediate. There's there's age stuff for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of like patience. Especially closer to the coal face. Like I'm sure when the Italians were cooking back in the day, they were actually more immediate with their with their everyday. Like you know, they would have used the the animal. Yeah, I mean, like the other, the other, well, one of the biggest differences too is like a Japanese restaurant on on levels are, are always very small, which is crazy for a huge population. But there's thousands and thousands of restaurants, and there there's so many thousands of restaurants inside of these metropolitan cities that those thousands, one thousand, you know, one of those thousands of restaurants only serves fourteen people a night, and and it's not about volume. And so when you look at the way they consume, the way that they operate, you know, that, that doesn't, it, it, it's just different. You know, they, yeah, it has to be small scale. It, it, well, they, they are, and, and that's, what they, that's what they created. That's what supports small business. And that's, and that's when you look at these cities all over Japan, then you're like, well, how the fuck does a six-seat restaurant, from our perspective, big whitos, not yeah. looking, looking, looking at those Japanese. Yeah. Looking at those fucking looking at the Jabos, like, how do they run a six-seat restaurant? Like, how does it work, isn't it? But often it's only like a couple, and that's how they choose to do yeah. their thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And like, you know, they're they're running on thirty-year leases, and they're and like, obviously, labor costs are real low. Like, there's a lot of things that that doesn't it doesn't compute for us because we mm. are meant to be running businesses. And it's it's not a business there. Yeah. It's no longer a business. It's it's a it's a lifestyle. It's a it, it is what it is. So I don't know. I I, I got I got kind of sucked into the whole culture kind of early as he did, um, and of course it's through a woman or a few women. But um, I I'm, I also come from like my father's a carpenter, my grandfather's a carpenter, and it was like it was like you just do one thing, you know, like and you work with tools and like. There's no Turn ego talk about involved. Elliot like that. No, fucking tools. <laughs> <laughs> fucking tools. That's why you brought me. Yeah. I mean, you, you just end up working with things like that you can control very here and now. And, and, it, and the way that you work is, is directly correlated to the people that are consuming it. <coughs> and I worked in French restaurants when I was young, and it was a lot of ego and a lot of just, just like shit-kicking and it wasn't. I was like, dude, I don't understand it. it. It was confusing for me. I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Whatever, blah blah blah. In a Japanese restaurant, it was very much about like, let's get better. Like, here's your. Why isn't your knife sharp? Like, it was less about like, why are you such a dumb cunt, and but more, more like, why is your knife so fucking dull? And it was, it was, it was, it was more about like, why is your knife such a dunk? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, it was, it was just more like, okay, how can we, how can I learn more? And that, and that was the way we were taught. We were hit like, same shit. Like there's same still like you know instances of abuse. Still discipline. Yeah, no, there's still same instances of abuse. A lot of like a lot of that shit, but it was it was a lot more intricate. Like it was not intricate. It was it was a lot more like self-directed. It was a lot more like about. What I can do, not more what the guy next to you is doing. But also in Japan, isn't it? A lot of the time, it's it, there's a there's a family situation there. So you're disciplining people like your your underlings of your family. Not in my situation. I worked in I worked in Japanese restaurants where everyone was Japanese, but like they were still just. I mean, they went through the same thing. It, it's a it's an apprenticeship system, but it's it's not as um, regulated. Because I loved when you go into a, a restaurant and it's like, do you want the front room or the back room? But really, you've only ever got the option of the back room. And that's the son and he's training to... because you're a big, dumb white cunt. Yeah, yeah. Well, I pretty much saw that when the front room was empty. <laughs> no room for the big white cunt in the front room. Just like the <laughs> next... Just like the next Mitchin will only have me in it. <laughs> but the mic will be off. But, I mean, we, we've talked a lot about Japanese cuisine being specialized, you know, like uh, focusing in on one particular, you know, like, you know, eight dishes, tops, that kind of, that kind of vibe. And I feel like a lot of new restaurants opening in, 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 a, in Sydney definitely suffer because they offer, like, fucking 50 dishes from the get-go. Do you think there is something to be learned from restaurants where they, where they, where they absolutely offer, like, a very limited menu? 
I do fried chicken, fried mushrooms, and fried fish, and I'm gonna make a lot of money. That was our chicken burger. Is that a yes then? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we we can. The thing is, like, I met Tetsuya many years ago, and he said, "Just do every every day you, you do something, try to get better at it." So. Why do we have to offer people a, a plethora of fucking options? Episode three of the mission, I got corrected. It's plethora. Plethora of options. Sorry, pl- plethora of options. Dictionary. Why couldn't we just like what? Sydney chefs, why are you afraid to do one thing? Just do or, or, Australian chefs in general. Just do one thing and try to get better at every fucking day. Because at the end of the day, someone's going to recognize it which are your customers, and say, hey, this motherfucker's not doing avo on toast again. Oh, fucking thank God. That was Matt's breakfast. Avocado is how you actually say it. There's four letters missing in that fucking word. Hey, Moggy, Moggy 2017, Bella's Hot Chicken over in Bondi. That's it, mate, 100%. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, I just want to cook fried chicken, and I want to cook it good. And every time I put the fried chicken in in the oil, I want to make it better. That's all I want to do. So, like, have some fucking courage and go out there and try to do better things with the one ingredient or try to do the best thing you can do with the one ingredient. That's, all, that's, that's, my, that's my philosophy on the whole thing. I concur. Do we want to end on that beautiful note? <coughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Elliot, I'll give you two minutes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's he, all a sommelier he, He's deserves. a sommelier. Relax. <laughs> two minutes no, is good. But I will tell you one thing. On that note of one ingredient... All I want to say is if you take the right whiskey, add the right soda, make sure the temperature's right, add a little lemon peel, make sure you get the oils out of lemon peel, put it all together, serve it, drink it fast. It's the best cocktail you can have. Sounds hectic. That's the Sunday's Rock page. And we got it here all the time in Sydney, in Hong Kong, wherever you want it. And thank you, my friend Levins. Where can we get one of them? Was that the... Yeah. (laughs) You guys get, where can we get some highballs right now? Is there any highballs here? Why is my makeup? Oh no, oh, sorry, it's one it's one thirty one. We can't have highballs. It's eleven twenty two actually. Sweet. Welcome to Welcome we to the free world. It's eleven twenty two. It's almost midnight, everybody, and we can't get a motherfucking highball. And that's why Japan can is. Can we get a whiskey and watermelon juice? Is that a... <laughs> exactly. Just, just the watermelon juice. Sorry, Monty. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the mission and <laughs> podcast. Oh, cunts, cunts, cunts. Couple of loose cunts. It's, it's a podcast that I record more and more increasingly drunk every episode. Uh, thank you very much to our guests. Uh, Matt, where can we find you online? Nowhere. Nowhere? Uh, no Instagram. No Instagram, no Facebook. <laughs> you gotta go to Hong Kong. Hashtag Matt Facts. Okay, cool, great. We love it. Now you can find us in Hong Kong, uh, thirty-three, thirty-five Bridges Street, soon to be one hundred and fifty-four Wing Lock Street. Moving, moving, moving. Yardbird is moving. Two point <laughs> Fuck Hong Kong landlords. <laughs> Fuck those motherfuckers. Not naming names. Andre Fu is your name, Hong Kong landlord. <laughs> I set you up. I set you up. Shit. Elliot. Fucking name and shame, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, uh, what's the Yardbird Instagram account? At Yardbird, at Elliot J. Faber, at Ronan HK, at Sunday's Grocery. At! <laughs> <laughs> Monty and Morgie, uh, you both have uh, incredible online presences. What are they? Just like your physical presence. <laughs> incredible. Just at Fat Cunt. And, uh, <laughs> but, if I'm not on that one, you can find me at, at Monty Kaludrovich, but I... <laughs> I'm at a whole lot of man. <laughs> at Morgie Galinia, because I fuck all the chickens. <laughs> and we'll be doing a... Uh... Trish, I told him to say that, Trish. I'm sorry. <laughs> Trish is well aware that Morgie fucks all the chickens. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, we're going to be doing a, uh, another episode that focuses on the Dolphin Hotel with Monty. James, boom, see you then. Morris, very soon. So uh, stay tuned to the, the Mitchin. We can find us online, facebook.com slash the Mitchin podcast. 
and uh, he sent us an email to, sorry, facebook.com slash the Mitchin or send us an email to the Mitchin podcast at gmail.com. You can find me online at levdog, L E V D A W G. Thanks so much to our guests this week. Ciao, bye. Ciao, bye. Thank you. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to the Mitchin. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One of them is called Hey Fam and is about comedy and pop culture and dumb shit. The other one is called Serious Issues and is all about comic books. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at my website, yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support and see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 